podcast here mccorkle's looking good Grok wilson's looking good uh by the way sean i've, I've been like boxing right and I, you know i do this fight camp app which i love and I, I never stretch out at the end they always like have five minutes of stretching i'm like oh I'll, I'll, my, my stretching will be like i said i started stretching at the end i am now in such back pain like i think i caught it from you like i move my back and it just like jolts my lower back oh I, shit how you do it is sean frozen no is he yeah i think he's yes yes uh, he is okay so uh here we go ready and we have two there he is he's back yeah i could actually see him on the other one uh i like seeing him frozen too uh sean we could see you frozen <laughs> can you hear me now yeah i can hear you yes. man so what i was saying yeah, I, all i heard was i've been boxing that was all i got okay so i started boxing i started stretching at the end which i never do I must have moved something, but like I am in such back pain, my lower back is like uh, I can't tie my shoe. Like I, ha I have. Ooh, to, like, sounds like you pinched a nerve. I have to lower my legs when I bend down. I can't just like I can't lean over. You know um, what it is. You know what it is. You old motherfucker. That's what that is. <laughs> That's what happens. You get old, your fucking back falls apart. I'm telling you. Oh, my, is this what you go through every day, like ten times? Oh, it's it's way worse than that. I was up till seven thirty this morning with my back radiating pain down my left leg, and oh. which is what kind of threw off my schedule today because I had to sleep at least an hour or two to go up and do my stuff. So I didn't get my stuff done in the morning. I had to get done, so I had to rearrange my appointments and stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I was up uh, wanting to shoot myself all night last night because my back hurts so bad. Then you have the choice. You got a couple choices. You can either take all your pain pills and then run out and have withdrawals. You can buy pain pills from people and risk getting in trouble and going to jail. Um, or you can just sit there in agonizing pain, waiting for your psychological test you've been waiting for three months to take. Because before they'll put a spinal cord stimulator in your spine, you have to take a, a psychological test. Explain that one. They have to make sure I'm not crazy before. Um, which, I mean, all they had to do, really, they, they sent me a like a test that you pre-take. And it said, do you enjoy Brendan Schaub's stand-up comedy? And I said, no. <laughs> So that proved I was sane, you know, like right yeah. off the bat. So like it's right off the bat. Yeah, uh, it could have. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, are do you lie down and and you do you need somebody to help lift you up? Or you yeah, it's like I've gotten used to doing it now, but I I might as well have like handicap bars around my bed and stuff like. Is it to get up sometimes is like a nightmare, especially in the middle of the night if you've been stuck in the same position, you know. To get up is uh, I wake my girlfriend up ten times a night, like making noise, like as I get up whining or like to go to the bathroom, like trying to move and it hurting, but it's. Uh, it's a nightmare, oh. dude. Live like that for ten years, like and worse, like every day. You know, like it is. I, and it of course, is today, I like day. box today anyway because I took off yesterday, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna power through it. I'm gonna power yeah. through it, and <laughs> eventually, I'm gonna work out enough where it doesn't hurt. Like, I did that for seven fights. I powered through it for seven <laughs> professional fights. Wow! You saw how those worked out. 
So. I'm like thinking that my back will slip back into where it's supposed to go. Um, was that was that what you were thinking? Yeah, good luck with that. I what's awesome is when I convince myself every month after I get my pain pill refill, like a couple, like a weekend, I'm like, you know what, I don't need pain medicine. I'm fine. Like it's not that it doesn't hurt that bad, you know, because when you're used to not hurting, I'm like, I don't oh. really need to, I'm not gonna take it today. And, and then, then, then it kind of feels like I gotta take a shit, like almost sometimes. Like it feels like I'm constipated. Uh it's right at the lower back, right where the belt is, right where the belt starts. Yeah. Back. That's where that's where mine is, except to the left side. It burns 24. It burns like someone has got a cigarette, like her cigar just. I don't know if you ever had anybody put out cigars on you when you were a kid, but uh, oh, of course, kidding. I grew up but, in the uh, 70s. But that's yeah, that's good. But uh, yeah, it's about what it feels like inside your back, though, 24 hours a day. And then you, every time you go to the doctor, they tell you they're not giving you pain pills, and it's obvious you're just a drug addict. I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, I don't know that it would help as severe as, as McCorkle's injuries are. I don't know if it would help him. But, Adam, do you guys have an inversion table? Do you, one of those ones that you hang upside down? No. Because th that might really help because that really stretches your back. I have one. I use it for my back, and it helps. Uh, you know, anytime it gets really jacked, I just hang upside down for a little while on it, and I feel a lot better. My There's wife some chiropractors that have disc decompression that's the same um, concept except you're laying – horizontally and it'll stretch your back like it'll it'll make like an inch taller by the time you're yeah like, yeah done, yeah because like, it just yeah it just kind of stretches it all out so the pressure yeah. isn't there takes, and yeah, that's essentially what this disc. does yeah. yeah it's essentially what the inversion table does using gravity instead because right, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have anything that goes under the arms to pull you it just lets you kind of hang until it naturally kind yeah. of spreads out a little bit i bought a inversion table yeah go on i bought an inversion table and i thought it healed me because i got on it without having a safety strap set so I just flipped upside down and fell onto my head, like off the thing the first time I used it by myself. And it hurt so bad when I landed on my head, like that I didn't notice my back anymore. And I was like, dude, that may have fixed my back. Like I injured my neck, but maybe my back's better. And it turns out, no, my neck and back hurt after that. But I thought for about a day I was fine. I was like, dude, my neck hurts, but my back's fine now. You know, so yeah, it's, uh, Bree told you, me might, you might want to you might want to give that another shot, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's important to well, set the cable so you only – because I think you don't always want to start straight up and down. You want to start, right. at, you know, a comfortable angle and give yourself a few minutes until you get used to it. And then the whole process, you got to, it is definitely something that you definitely have to do a few times to get used to. Yeah. Uh, I, lo I love mine though. I love mine. Bree told me to go get a massage, right? So I go to get a massage yesterday. And totally of course it's like an older lady. I was like, thank God. It was like 60. Cause I didn't want it to be like a, an Asian girl and like have her go for the happy ending. And then me saying no. Mm -hmm. I just thought that would be awkward, you know. Do you think it's the young ones that do that? Because I hate to tell you, <laughs> I, this woman—I was pretty sure she wasn't going to do it. You yeah. know, I, like, like I was pretty sure there was there was no chemistry uh, between us. Uh, Where I'm from, they call that they going for the old job. Oh um, boy, <laughs> because uh, relentless, relentless. Yeah. Is going. he was a uh, he was actually treated for an addiction to uh, both extends the uh, supplement and uh, an addiction to. Um, Asian massage parlors with old women. That's what I heard. That's uh, so. All right. Anyway, have you ever hung out with your kid, Sean, where you wanted to kill one of her friends or another kid? <laughs> oh yeah, I actually uh, we had a redheaded kid. It doesn't matter if he's redheaded, but uh, we had a redheaded neighbor that my son always wanted to play with, and I would do things like uh, when the pinata we were having a birthday party, we had a pinata, and I tried to slowly push him toward the doll so he would get hit by the baseball bat <laughs> as they swung. Or I was teaching my son how to shoot a BB gun, and I had like a license plate that I bent and curved so it would ricochet around and hit the kid standing like to his left. Like we, uh, yeah, his name was Ollie. He's in jail for selling cocaine now. He sucks really bad. I'm, I'm sorry. To 
I'm going to regret that question. You really, you really need to start a parenting advice thing on TikTok. You really do. That's a brilliant tip. I don't think a lot of people know how to make it look like an accident the way you do, McCorkle. That's special. I would try to hit him with my car too. Like we, I, I like, I'd be pulling down my street during the winter time, and somehow he would sprint next to it. He's only like seven years old, but he would run twelve miles an hour in the snow next to my car, waving like his face in the window and so i would just kind of ease over a little bit and hit him with my car like and knock him down and then uh go why down did there and be like, Dude, so why did you hate him so much he well he's redheaded as i said um his parents were russian um he just sucked he was like he brought over a new toy he had one day my, he was two years older than my son he's the first kid my son ever punched in the face at three years old i made my son punch him <laughs> in his face and uh it dropped him and the kids started screaming bloody murder but um he um hold on, hold on, he hold come on. over quick like, please slow down a little bit what do you mean you made your son punch him in the face? Well, he kept taking my son's toy from him they got for his birthday. And I said, Oliver, if you take that again, he's going to punch you right in your face. I said, Trey, punch him in his face and he takes that again. And I said, my son didn't want to do it. He's only three. I said, I'm going to spank you if you don't punch me next time he takes that from you. So he came up and took it from me and made like this real repulsive redheaded face, like look on his face. And my kid turned around and punched him and hit him. And the kid fell down screaming. But uh, he, uh, his mom came over and was like, oh, what happened? She was some Russian lady. Like, what happened? I said, uh, your kid wouldn't take quit taking my son's toy, so I made my son punch your kid in the face. You threatened but, to punch your kid if he didn't punch another no, kid? No, I was going to spank him if he didn't stand up for himself. I, yeah, I got to tell you, though, know, that that's, that's, that's old school parenting right there. My dad yeah. was big on the – he does that again. You you let him know. You know, you can't let him walk over. Wait, how so old was, school? Like the Vikings? Like how old school parent <laughs> thing are we talking about? I, listen, this goes, I think this goes right up through the through mid-80s before it became a problem. It's, that's how Don Fry became the man he is parenting like that. But Where uh, is Don, by the way? Yeah. I guarantee he's like in the thing saying, I can't figure out the thing. I, I, uh, <laughs> the best was uh, one time Oliver came over and said, Trey, I got this for my birthday and you can't play with it. And I said, wow, Ollie, what is that? Can I see it? And he handed it to me. He goes, it's mine. I said, let me see it. And he handed it to me, some little stupid toy, like motorcycle toy. I took it and I threw it uh, into the woods behind my house over a fence. I said, now it's yours and it's back in those woods back there. So how do you like that? His mom mom came over and asked what happened. I said, I don't know. That motorcycle thing just flew. Like it flew into the woods. I I didn't know it was like a drone. It's crazy. I like how his mom always asks what happened when it's like. (laughs) it became pretty obvious after after i hit her kid with my car and after he got hit with the baseball bat of the uh the pinata like it became very uh the best was that we were getting ready to hit the pinata and i said guys line up youngest oldest grandma you're behind that oak tree back there and uh, (laughs) uh, she was terminally ill with cancer at the time so she didn't really like it but i thought it was all right well my story does not compare to this but there was this little girl at uh at, at this thing I go to my son, so it's like it's like a you know one of those like jamboree type thing. And this little girl wanted to play with Violet, so I go, oh yeah, you guys play. How old are you? She's like four, and I'm like, oh Violet's gonna be four. Figure that was it. What's your name? And you know what's your name? And then she starts throwing things at me, right? I'm like, okay. And then she starts screaming at my face, so I'm, ah ah, just like yelling, and I'm like, okay, this is. I, I just wasn't into this at all, right? And then she's like, and I'm and her her dad's not even looking, right? Her dad, of course, none of the parents, are, I'm the only one watching. You could tell like how many parents, how many kids to have. Because if a kid has like four, parents has like, has like four kids, they're not even looking at all. But all no. the people, like one kid is like hovering over. Then the girl goes to me, why are you following your daughter around? And I'm like, because she's three and I'm her dad. And I, and I, and, 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 you know, and I appreciate it if you'd have some respect for me. You know, like I, I don't, I, so now I'm like defending myself. You're like, I don't question how you parent your kids. 
<laughs> so wait a minute. So you didn't try to hit them with your car? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was gonna tell Adam he was just a pinata or BB gun short of solving that. Yeah, problem. you just you, you really well, gotta listen to McCorkle here. I was gonna tell her dad, but then I'm like, I'm not gonna snitch on the kid didn't do one thing that was like terrible, you know what I'm saying? It was just like like 12 annoying things, you know. So then yeah. there's this, then there's these four kids, and one kid's like seven, he's all too old to be there. He's it's called my little town, right? He's on top of the little town. So there's like a jail, there's like a there's like a little town, there's like a bakery, there's like a pizzeria. He's like he's like doing parkour. So I'm looking at the kid like he's not like he's Spider-Man. And the other little girls are trying to get on top. I'm like, hey, buddy, you should get down because the kids are following you. Right. So then I look over. I'm like, where's this kid's mom? The mom's on the massage chair, not even looking. There's like a, one of those like five dollar massage chairs. Right. Yeah. So, uh, then there's, there's there's a boxing ring. For some reason, put a boxing ring in the, in this place. Right. Right. Because so, that won't give kids any kind of bad ideas at all. Totally. That, that, that's going to be great. Yeah. So these two, there's like a four year old and, a, and like a, a three year old in there, the sisters. And Violet jumps in and just starts throwing combinations. And I'm like, Violet, get out. Because she sees me doing like the, the fight camp, you know? So she's, so I get out. So then like the four year old decks the three year old, right? The sister. And then goes to the mom who's on the massage chair crying, going, that girl just hit me. She's, the mom goes, well, don't get in the boxing ring if you're not going to fight. Right. This is the, so then the mom, the mom's like attractive, right? So I, I told her, I'm like, you should get your kid into wrestling or, you know, jujitsu because he's doing parkour. He's pretty talented. She's like, yeah, you know, he, he does boxing with Billy Blanks, right? So uh, she works with, with like Billy So Blanks. he does fake boxing. So, right? She's like, she's like, isn't Billy Blanks the Tybo guy? Tybo, yeah, yeah. Tybo, yep. Okay. yep. The guy who goes like this. Then she goes like, I'm in business with Billy Blanks. I'm like, what do you do? She's like, I'm a supermodel. And a comedian, mm. right? So, so then I like looked her up, and she really is a supermodel. She's been a Victoria's Secret, all this stuff. She's super nice and cool. We're, we're talking, right? Then she starts breastfeeding, right? Like literally, just takes out her tits and starts like she has like a, a one year old and starts nursing, right? So now all so the you start masturbating, obviously. <laughs> Dude, I'm actively looking away from her. Then all these fucking weird dads start talking to her. Like all these dads have questions for her. Like these single dads that are there, right? Just, like she was sitting in the massage her. chair while this is going on. <laughs> no, she's off the massage chair, right? Okay, I was gonna say this got weird. So she, I told her I was a comedian, and she's like, "Oh, you know what have you done?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm I'm, I'm opening for Russell Peters next week at the it was at the uh, at the Microsoft, Microsoft Theater. Theater. But that's like my my thing. <laughs> you can't. It's a pretty good fuck. So we're talking, right? So then I'm playing, she's super cool, very nice, but funny. But then I'm playing air hockey with Violet, right? And I'm like letting Violet win because she's three and you know, I let her win. And then the six-year-old boy is like, hey, could I play her? I'm like, no, because I know he's just going to fucking murder her. He's not going to let her win, right? So he's like, can I play you? So I just give him like a dollar. I'm like, hey, kid, go away. I give him like, I give him a change. I'm like, I want to play with my kid. Then all his fucking siblings surround me for, for fucking change. So now I got six kids to give money to. Or so now I'm like the fucking Pied Piper. I know. So then the mom comes over. She's like yelling at me, "Stop begging him for money! You don't even know his name, right?" Like it just became a whole fucking thing. Uh, but that was my. Favorite. She's like, "Why are you giving my son money?" And you're like, "To keep his mouth shut." What do you think? Come on, that's what you <laughs> give kids. Why else would I give a child cash? <laughs> then, the, then the mom starts breastfeeding. He's got to keep me. our little secret. Now get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> then the mom's breastfeeding and following me around the place, talking, we're talking. And I'm like trying not to look at her tit, but it's like out. Then she's switching tits. So she can't switch tits without her first tit. Pretty nice. 
Yeah, so it was just a, a crazy experience. Apparently she was, yeah, apparently it's supermodel nice. <laughs> come, on, come on, man. Come What's on. What's her name? Can we get her name? I gotta look her up now. I'll tell you off the air. I want to uh, know on the air. Okay, tell no, me because off the then air. people are gonna DM her and then she's gonna listen to this. And it's just, you know, I want to be like keep it, you know. And then Billy Blanks is gonna exactly. come. Exactly. You want to make sure you still have a shot in case things don't work out with Brie. I get it. I get she's it. Got, sure. She's got four kids and she's married, or five kids and she's married. I I'm I'm like good, you know. Uh, but uh Don, how are you feeling? <laughs> You're like good. You're ruined. Thank you. I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, and marriage means nothing to a woman. In fact, they're all oh, about boy. themselves. <laughs> all about themselves. They want security and money. You know, die, rise back. Welcome to Don's corner. Don, did you have a lot of married women hit, hit on you? No, no. I I never put myself in that situation. What about I you, feel Don? like they would just throw themselves at you. I mean, you're Don fucking Fry. Yeah, but I I didn't I didn't. You know, you, you open up, you know, you open yourself up to something like that. And I never did open myself up to something like that. Yeah. See, that was my mistake. I, I was wide open and uh, nothing. <laughs> what about you, McCorkle? I had, dude, I had, um, I had a very select group of people that hit on me. There were um, like uh, gay guys, buffer, cougars, yeah. like gay dudes, cougars, and like uh, 300 pound black women. That was like my demographic life. <laughs> Like I had a 300 pound black woman say, um, ask my girlfriend the other day, we were stopped at a gas station. She asked my girlfriend where she found one like me, like, where'd you find him at? And I said, I was the result of the German experiment, like experiments during the forties. I said, they called me Aryan. I don't know if you know, or you're familiar with that, but like they were trying to create the perfect race and I'm the result of those experiments. And then she was something like, Oh, N word, you crazy or something like that. But it was, I thought it was, uh, it was really funny. But uh, my girlfriend didn't get offended because she was she's used to 300 pound black women hitting on me. So. Dude, speaking of uh, black people, I went to go see uh, this concert uh, the other day, which was amazing, by the way. So uh, the 90s one, the 90s, the 90s one. one, the 90s. Th one. Those are great. Videos. By the way, I, I just got this is meant as a compliment. Brie looked fantastic in those videos. I was like, damn, Brie dressing up for the for the old boy. Dude, so first of all, I thought you were tell us the story. I thought you could tell us the story of how you get held up. Oh, thank you. No, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jesus. So, Speaking uh, of that concert real quick, Adam, how about my comment on Facebook about your dad, good. though? Wasn't that okay, phenomenal? first of all, so I post a picture of me. I went to go see Vanilla Ice, Color Me Bad, Naughty by Nature. Uh, it was like Tone Loke, Young MC, Arrested Development. Everyone was like, oh, so much fun, so much fun. So Sean starts off going, me and you have a lot in common. We both love the 90s, both this, except that your dad's living and mine's dead. And he tags my dad in this. Like, <laughs> the joke was better than that. I said, we have three th or two out of three things in common. One, we both love 90s music. Two, um, both of us married girls who were born in the 90s. And three, your dad will probably live to be 90 and mine is dead. <laughs> and your tag was bad. So um, two out of three is not bad. And my yeah. dad liked it. Uh, I, I don't think my dad got, got the joke of how fucking twisted <laughs> Sean is. Uh, my dad, but at my wedding, my dad and my uncle loved you, Sean, because he was showing pictures of him breaking Mark Hunt's arm in like 90 seconds. And they were just like, it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> by the way, so we go to this concert, Color Me Bad, by the way. It's one guy from Color Me Bad. Not even like the guy you recognize. Which and one is it? 
Like, it's, I don't think you recognize who are any of them. I know, like, I don't know any of them. It's like, like the, the, little Mexican, the, the little Mexican guy. Jeans. It's like the chubby Mexican guy, and he has two black backup dancers, right? And he's good, but it's not. It's at that point, it's just bad. It's not color, yeah. you know. Like, there's no. I mean, you can't, right? So black like, and white, bad. Dude, then Vanilla Ice comes out, does a bunch of new stuff. So nobody knows. Oh, dude, yeah. then, then he invites. He does Ice Ice Baby. He invites everyone from the crowd to come on stage, right? He's like, who wants to come up dance, right? He does a whole speech about how the, how the 90s were the best, how social media ruined life. And then he, he goes, who wants to dance? Then like 200 people come out on stage. They're all taking selfies the whole time. None of them are in shape. Uh, and <laughs> I, I didn't pay to see the audience fucking dance and taking selfies. Uh, like, and then he starts, then he kicks off his DJ. His DJ is saying, he goes, hey, let me take over. And starts playing other people's music. Uh, I go, like, he walked half the crowd. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that was that was crazy. Um, and then, By the uh, way, the best part of your videos was Bree did look like she was thoroughly embarrassed of you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the best part. I was like, she went, I mean, you, because you're dancing. You're like, you know all the words and shit. And she's just like, yep, I married him. That's yeah, the she, guy. That's the guy I married. I know. Yeah. Um, I was watching the fights while watching Young, while watching Naughty by Nature. So we'll talk about the fights. Juliana Pena, uh, that was hard to watch. Uh, Told ya. She, I didn't like this. Uh, people asked me like, who bet on? I was worried from the get go. I just felt like this is a di different Nunez. I thought that maybe she could gas her out, maybe, but Nunez knew that was her her, her strategy and paced herself great. You know, fought great for the most part. Uh, Juliana showed a lot of courage and showed toughness and resilience, but man, that was uh, that was hard to watch. What are your thoughts, Sean, about that fight? I've never won, never seen anybody try so hard to give a fight away in my life. Like she was at the end, just throwing herself into submissions, um, which is crazy. But I was I was really impressed with Amanda, man. I mean, you got to think about her. She's she's got a she's juggling so many different like hats right now. Like she's a new dad, new husband. Um, you know, uh, the alpha male to new gym. Like she's uh she's like uh doing so many things at once it's amazing but uh, no she looked uh, i thought it was funny when she kept saying let's go let's go afterward and then i saw her being carried out of the arena from like a far shot and there was like no one left in the arena so there's like 12 people left the arena and she's like getting carried out drinking a beer saying let's go like is she talking uh, to her entourage or what because nobody was left but uh yeah that was uh I, i've never seen anybody try harder to lose a fight than her in the fourth or fifth round like she just kept putting herself in triangle and arm bar after triangle arm bar i don't i don't get it man uh, Don, what so you just didn't fear him. Don, I didn't see the fight, partner. Yeah, I, uh, I told you, I knew in advance how this thing was going to turn out. I warned you people, and nobody believed me. Uh, Greg, listen, this was the fight I thought the first one was going to be. Now, you nailed it the first time when you saw the distractions. And, you know, like he said, she had, she had just had a baby. She did all these things. She was fully distracted, unmotivated going into that first fight. And she, and Pena was completely focused and motivated. You, you diagnosed it just like when you knew what's her, uh, Ronda Rousey was going to lose to Holly Holm. You fucking nailed it. But then going into this one, I was like, well, this is, this, it's going to be different this time. This is going to be, cause she's focused now. Now Amanda's focused again about and motivated again. And sure enough, this was exactly the way I thought the first fight was going to go. I think it's the way most people thought this fight was going to go. And, it, and Pena just, I mean, she just really didn't have much of a chance. And you're right. I mean, to the point where she was letting herself take shots at arm bars and triangles and everything else. 
because she just didn't fear her at all by that point in the fight. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't understand why <clears throat> the goat. I, I mean, Cyborg has one loss on her. Yeah, it's to her, but she got caught. She, I mean, she got punched. Whereas, they love anybody like, new. They love calling them the but goat. But like they, New Year's everybody... lost like a bunch of fights. She lost a lot of fights. Not a lot. But she lost to Katzigano. She lost to uh, Juliana. She lost to a lot of people or more people than Cyborg did. Why wouldn't Cyborg be the boat, the goat? Cyborg's, the Cyborg's not in the UFC anymore. But uh, say if they fought again, that fight would not go the same. Cyborg is by <laughs> far the best women's fighter who's ever fought, man. Like it's yeah. not even, it wouldn't be close. She was phenomenal, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just and dominant for a long I mean, maybe time because of the steroids. Maybe you say, well, she's got the steroid cyber tested positive for steroids, so you don't call her the goat there. But I don't know. I mean, I just think that it's we're just like dismissing cyborg for that fight. Uh, <laughs> it's like she lost that fight, and now did they release her from the UFC or she just left the UFC? I think she couldn't make she lost at 45 to a 35 pounder. So yeah, well, and I think she got a ton of money for going to Bellator. So why would you people always Maybe Don Fry wouldn't because he's more manly than me. But if you're going to pay me triple to fight way lesser competition, like they always ask me who I want to fight next. I'd be like, whoever the worst heavyweight is in the UFC, unless that's me, then I'll take the second <laughs> worst heavyweight in the UFC. That's who I want to fight every time. Like, because I want to keep my, it'd be different if contracts were guaranteed, man. But when they don't guarantee, when you could be cut at any time, like they did my friend Paul Bradley, they had, long story short, they had Paul Bradley take a fight on five days notice. He cut 30 pounds in five days. Oh my God. It was uh, the last fight on his contract. He was coming off a loss, and he said, listen, I don't know how I'll perform on five days. Those cutting 30 pounds. Well, just do us a favor, step in, take this fight. He steps in, takes it, gets robbed on a bad split decision, and then they cut him, release him. So he was like, wait. So I took a day up fight on five days' notice, and I lose. I should have won, but the the, the judgmental decision, and then you cut me because I lost, like, when I did you a favor. Like, that's how the UFC is, man. So if they wanted to do guaranteed contracts, I would have fought whoever. But if you're – if you're fighting fight to fight, put me with the worst heavyweight with the biggest name every time. Man, uh, and you know what? That's something that goes across all businesses, everything. Never do the company a favor because they never remember. They don't take into account. They don't. They, it's like, thank you. And they just fuck you right over. And that is any business anywhere Absolutely. in the fucking world. We deal with it in comedy all the time. Yeah. Oh, just do us a favor. Just do it. And they never book you again. Like, they, it's, uh, you know, it, just any business, don't ever do a favor for the company. Do what's best for you. That's, that's true. Uh, Brandon Moreno, that fight. Uh, so, Moreno, I thought he was losing that fight. It was pretty, He was losing that fight. Because uh, I, I, it was hard. I was watching, trying to watch the concert while watching this thing. But but it looked like he was getting, I, I, didn't want, I didn't have the sound on. But it looked like he was on his way to lose the fight. And which is funny because I was like, I gave Jack Jr. four fights. I, I go, I go, Moreno, uh, the guy who beat the Black Beast. I go, Pantoja and Anthony Smith. I had him losing. Of course, they all came in. Like I, I would have won money if I would have bet. You know. Yep. Uh, Black Beast. Yeah. Black Beast. Black Beast ruined my sixth fight parlay. I got five of six and fucking Black Beast. Oh, oh wait, aren't you the three fight parlay guy? And you're telling me not to make the six fights. I also did three fight and Kai Kara France ruined that one. Oh, okay. but that, was, that was my fault because I didn't believe in him. I, I had I believed in Moreno, but I thought, well, you never know. And I went with Kai hey, and the, hey, you, you know, know. He but I don't he, think he doesn't, he doesn't land that kick. You know, he, so Don, he guy landed a kick right to the liver. Like, yeah, it was a pretty close fight, and it, and it was pretty cool. He was like a one, two, three combo, and then it was kick, and then the guy just went down. To the point where people almost thought it was like a low blow, but it wasn't. At it was first, crazy. that's what it looked like, but then you realize, no, his fucking liver just exploded. Have you so. ever been? Uh, 
I know that uh, alcohol fucked up your liver, but as far as like kicks or punches, have you ever had anything, uh, a, a liver shot, Don? Don or Don? Don. No, I've been real lucky. I've only delivered them, you know. Um, back back when um, I started boxing in, I think, in, ni- in 90, you know, uh, Al Munoz, Al and Mike Munoz, they were my uh, trainers. And they taught me, you know, Al said, liver punch. Liver punch is the hardest punch. It's like take their breath away 10,000 times. And uh, we worked that liver punch. And yeah. uh, obviously, I didn't, I didn't, uh, uh shit. <laughs> I, <laughs> boss Rudin, Boss Rudin, uh, made money off of it. I didn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sean, have you ever got hit in the liver? No, I've actually been lucky enough never to do it, but I've heard uh, the thousand toughest people I know say it's one of the worst things you can possibly experience for about seven or eight seconds. So um, they say nothing compares to it. So I, I, I don't know. That's why I never, uh, never criticize guys when they fall from them because everybody I know said it is absolutely uh, for five to seven seconds the worst thing you've ever felt in your life. So yeah, yeah, he, he just doubled over and went down and looked at him like I thought, like not right now. Like I can't now, believe here's the thing though. Here's the thing, though, about that fight. The it, during the fight, it, it, when when Moreno was being technical and trying to fight a technical fight with Kai Kara France, he was losing. And then uh, Kai Kara France scared him, and, and I think he knocked him down. And after that, he got emotional. And usually, when a fighter gets emotional, that's very bad. But with Moreno, it was very good. <laughs> that's what turned the fight around was the fact that he stopped trying to be this. You know, yeah, I and just started going after him, and that's when he took him apart and landed that fucking kick. That turned the whole fight around because he actually got angry and was like, "Fuck you," and came after. Yeah, it was, that was pretty awesome. The Black Beast, man. Like, I think I call this. Dude, I think, I think you this, really did. I think this is a case of a guy that has a ton of talent, too much talent, and when you have that much talent, you don't work as hard as you should. When a guy has that much talent and works hard, he's the most dangerous guy there is a guy like Daniel Cormier or something like that. But when a guy has that much talent and then like says, I work out 30 minutes a day for fights. I mean, or I, I don't like training or I hate fighting. I just like money. It's only a matter of time before I remember watching one of his fights and I think Brian Stan was the commentary and he was on, he was on his back and he just stood up uh, basically from, from his back. And the guy was like, Stan's like, he's doing everything wrong, but it's working. Technically, everything he's doing yeah. is wrong. And <laughs> yeah. when you have that kind of talent, it's only a matter of time where it doesn't work anymore because guys are just going to outwork you, out-tough you, out this. And as soon as Black Beast got hit, he started running away, kind of. It was over. Uh, and, oh. then he, and then he complained to the ref. And yeah, maybe it was a, a quick stoppage, especially for him because he's got so much natural power. But it's just like, bro uh i don't know oh, geez 55 seconds into the first round that's a, that's a quick stoppage by any merit i think unless you're out cold i mean come yeah. on what, what do you think sean uh i think he's gonna tell you what um he was one of the fights i gave but my nephews and their friends at four guaranteed fights and of course i didn't bet and all four came in like i told him four for sure on a parlay and they all hit but he was one i said i guarantee you doing Derek lose fight Derek lose fights in texas he loses like it's a it's i don't know if it's the hometown pressure i don't know if what it is but i don't know that he's want to fight in texas not very many if he has but uh he uh 
uh, he's legendary for not working hard. I'll tell you what, Dave Herman was another guy. I don't know if you guys remember him, the heavyweight. Yeah. I actually used to not, I, I used to not train with him. He was part of our team, but he never trained. He wrestled at IU, got seventh in the country, never practiced, always said he was hurt, couldn't do it, you know, like, or whatever, just naturally talented. But when you can win without having to train, that it ruins guys. Like, it really does. You know, they win 80 or 90% of the time. They never train, never have to. Then it's uh, like, I, I, I was proof that if I didn't train, I would lose. Like, at the end of my career, you know, like, I couldn't, yeah. couldn't win without training. But guys like that, it really is. And I think they get used to winning without training, and it's impossible to talk them into training because they figure – they got at least a 50-50 shot, even with no training, you know, so. I remember Vince, I remember Vince uh, Pichelle saying that he saw the Black Beast in the locker room before the hunt fight eating ribs. Like yeah. 20 Wings minutes. 20 minutes before the fight. Like, <laughs> uh, Don, did you ever ha have a fighter in your camp or did you ever have a fight where you just didn't train? Yeah, my whole college career of wrestling. Yeah, I would, um, I would just show up for wrestling practice. I would never go lift weights. I would never run, never do anything extra. I would just show up to practice, probably with a couple of beers in me already. Nice. And, um, I just didn't. I just thought thought too highly of myself. Wait know? a minute. Wait, you, wait, wait, you would show up to practice drunk? Oh, no. Just a couple. Just a couple. No, yeah, he's just getting started. He's getting warmed up. A couple, you couple, wrestle a couple, for you wrestle for a tall boys in. That's all. You wrestle for yeah. when you were a division one wrestler at ASU with uh, Dan Severn on your team, right? No, Dan was the assistant coach at that time. Dan's Dan's nine years older than me, man. Come on, uh, come now, on. I mean, now did Dan tell you, hey man, quit drinking before practice? Oh, nobody, nobody knew that I. That I know about. I don't know if anybody really knew. I feel sure like the guys you were somewhere. wrestling probably knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're fucking beer burping in their fucking face while you put them out. I played <laughs> I played a basketball game against a guy one time that came out. He was a it doesn't matter what color he was, but a real big black guy, about six nine, probably three percent body fat, two hundred sixty pounds. He had forty six points and twenty three rebounds on me drunk. He was so drunk he could barely stand up and dominated me the entire game. He went on to play in the NBA and stuff, but and then go to jail, I think, for armed robbery. But uh, his name was Tyrone Outlaw, uh, like, um, ironically. But, uh, yeah, he came out, and we were at the free throw line. He's one of his teammates going to shoot, and I was like, are you drunk? And he smelled like liquor, bad. Yeah. He goes, dude, I've been drinking since 9 o'clock last night, but still was dunking on me, dominating, like absolutely just owning me on the basketball court. And I was like, must be nice to be able to be drunk. Like the game started, he still had a pick in his afro. They had to come take the pick out after the first couple of plays. He <laughs> forgot that he had a pick in his hair. Like that's how much he cared. But uh, yeah, he played for Vincent University. Just, I mean, murdered me on the basketball court. Like it wasn't even, it was a joke and he was drunk. So wow, um, it uh, happens. So um, Pantoja beat Perez. Pantoja is very, very dangerous. Uh, Ankalaya beat Anthony Smith. Smith like broke his knee or something in the fight. It was, uh, it was rough. I mean, it was... I I always like Andy. I had him on back when he was in, you know, before the UFC, and he would like text me like, "Hey, thanks for giving a shit about my fights." And oh, always a nice guy. So I'm always gonna root for that guy. Um, I'll probably be texting you that again shortly. <laughs> Just kidding. There was, a guy, there was a guy who fought Dontel Mays. I think his name is Abdel Wahab. This guy fought the fight on one week notice. Don. He was a silver medalist. I think in for uh some country for uh you know greco-roman wrestling and uh or he was i think maybe he took maybe silver or maybe he took four whatever bronze but he was a monster 
Uh, of course, he almost gassed out in the fifth and almost lost, but he was just one of those guys that like is going to be a problem because um, his wrestling's that good. He's a heavyweight. He was four and zero. Took the fight on short notice and like still won. Huge under. I thought you were saying he was going to be a problem because he was Muslim. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> he's eventually going to be a problem. No, no, this guy is going to be, and he he had decent hands too. The guy had decent hands. Um, so uh, in other news, where's he from? Uh, you know, you know, you know where that guy's from? The guy, uh, Greg. Who? Which one was he? The guy that Hamdi? fought. Don, the guy that fought Dante Mays. Oh yeah, Hamdi uh, Abdul Wahab. Yeah, I didn't see the match. I didn't see the fight. I only saw the last two fights. So. Oh no, this guy's gonna be good. This guy's like legit gonna be good. Uh, Olympian. I mean, anytime you're an Olympian a wrestler, you know. That uh, reminds me, Adam, of when uh, my agent called me one time and wanted to know if I wanted to fight in Japan on 30 hours notice. And I said, I got to leave in 30 hours. He goes, no, you have to be in the ring in 30 hours fighting. I said, against who? Satoshi Ishii. I was like, I've never heard of him. He goes, well, he's really not that good, got that good a stand up, more of a grappler, two-time gold medalist in the Olympics in judo. But other than that, and I was like, wait, slow back up a little bit. Two-time gold medalist in the real Olympics in judo. He's like, yeah. So, I mean, he's a good grappler. I was like, you think? But, uh, yeah, that turned out great for me. Did you take the fight? Did you go fight him? I took it for $30,000. He poked me in the eye two minutes in and uh, then almost broke my arm. So I tapped. It's the first time I ever tapped. And uh, he didn't mean to poke me in the eye, but he did. I couldn't see. And then he had me in an arm bar. I figured, why get a broken arm too? Then they paid me half my money and stopped speaking English. Like all of a sudden, they, no one there spoke English anymore. I was like, no, you owe me 15000 more. They were like, oh, they, they didn't. All of a sudden, they didn't understand what I was saying. So uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was a bad trip overall. He's from Egypt, the guy, Egyptian wrestler. He's, yep, he's going to be a problem eventually. <laughs> Jeez, okay. He's 5-0. He's, he's oh, uh, first ever Egyptian to win in the UFC, uh, which is uh, pretty good. I can tell by the way he was walking he was Egyptian. Um, and um, <laughs> Greg, Greg just said no. That is just not good. No. Not good. All right. So uh, let's talk about – so Jake Paul versus Rockman is off. Guy goes to one nineties concert. This is what we get. Uh, did you hear what happened? <laughs> Jake Paul. Uh, so he's supposed to fight Hasim Rockman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they said the fight was going to be at 200 pounds in Madison Square Garden. And then Rockman said he couldn't make 200. He could make 210. Or, or, so they said every time, every pound he misses, it's another $10,000, blah, blah, blah. He said all he could make was 210 uh, or 205. Jake said fights off. And now they're, now they're going back and forth on like Twitter uh, saying, you know, I, I kind of side with Jake Paul on this. I hate to say it. You signed a contract saying you're going to make 200 pounds. You got to make 200 pounds. Um, Rock yeah, Rock but how many times has he fought guys that are absolutely not near his fucking weight? Right. So it's fine when he's the bit heavier guy. Not fine when he's not by five pounds. Right. No, right. I'll tell you what the fuck happened. He wouldn't take the fucking payoff to take a dive. He's like, no, I'm going to fucking fight you. And he was like, um, you know what? Forget it. You're too heavy. Get the fuck out of here. He's well, probably the first guy to not take the fucking payoff. Well, Rockmont says that... Uh, he says that they were trying to drain him. And he's like, I'm not going to be drained. I'm not going to be used as a pawn, yada, yada. So, but at the same time, why, why did you sign the contract? You signed a contract and they well, wait. Dude, boxers are so dumb. If they've never cut weight, cutting 10 pounds is not hard to do, man. It's ridiculous. He could be done in a couple hours if he had to. But he, you know what's funny is he, I can only imagine how many millions of dollars they lost on half of the deposit on uh, 
Madison Square Garden. So he he gave away his million dollar payday, fixed or not. He'll never get that fight again. So he just did like some great management there by his management team. He'll never get another payday anywhere in the in that stratosphere. Like yeah, you know, he should have definitely done his best to make that way. But I mean, that's such a bullshit move. Of course, it's like no, we're not gonna do it. Meanwhile, he's been fighting guys 20, 30 pounds lighter than him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, All of a sudden, weight division matters to him now. Like he isn't sanctioned by himself. Like who? Like you couldn't just be like, <laughs> "All right, let's just fight." I want to fight you. You know, I'm not gonna let this. No, we tried. Sorry. Like no nah, bullshit. Again, more bullshit from the bullshit factory. Well, I guess that anytime, anywhere, anybody is out the window now, right? <laughs> yeah. No shit. Thank you, Don. Exactly. That reminds me when Frank Shamrock used to tell people he could beat up anybody in the world if they weighed under 200 pounds. Like that was his that was his tagline. <laughs> anybody, any place, anytime, under 200 pounds. Like, yeah. like okay. So oh, this fuck. week, uh, PFL at the Hulu Theater, the playoff start, uh, which is great. I know the PFL is like <laughs> glad that regular season's over. It was a long, <laughs> it was a long, arduous regular season. Time for playoffs. Uh, Anthony Pettis <laughs> is fighting Stevie Ray. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the first time. Stevie Ray put him in like in a body lock from the bottom and made him. It was like a. I've never seen that submission. You see that's the first time they fought. It I thought was Stevie Ray so. was a pro wrestler. I'm confused. Uh, that's that is. I think he is a Stevie Ray. But I think he's part of the Harlem Heat, right? Right. That's yeah. Really nice guy. guy. Very nice guy. I met him. I met him once or twice. Great guy. Both his brother Booker T. They're very great guys. Man. Yeah, didn't he beat Pettis? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's right. I'm not, why is Pettis in the playoffs? I thought he got eliminated because he won a fight. Oh, um, so uh, yeah. This the was, PFL playoffs are a little odd. You could get eliminated and right back in if you win. Yeah, apparently they're like, yeah, no, you know what? We already paid you a million, so you're in it. Guess what? Guess what? <laughs> You're in the playoffs. I think it's. Uh, See, going apparently, when it's your organization, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Dude, apparently, contracts it. mean nothing. So, you know, maybe Jake Paul could have maybe still bought in. Maybe. Wait, you're just now <laughs> figuring that out. Jesus. I've been going. I've been. I got free tickets to the WNBA, so I've been taking my daughter to all the a lot of the games. <laughs> and I think they have a new rule this year where everyone makes the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you bring your own pot. Just don't get caught. <laughs> yeah, oh God. But by the way, she's doing nine years. That's fucking horrible. That's bullshit. I, oh I, my God. You know what? That's because we got a weak ass president and a weaker administration. You know? Well, Trump wouldn't have done anything to help her either. He went, at least he's got to try to get him out. Trump already <laughs> came out and was like, oh, she fucking spoiled oh, bad. Trump. She had Trump would have made the fucking shit. phone call. Dude, Trump he blamed it. He blamed it on her. He blamed it on her, bruh. I don't know what to tell you. He wouldn't have raised a fucking finger. She's a oh, black bullshit. woman lesbian. He wouldn't have done shit. Bullshit. Trump. He's already made cool it clear he wouldn't have. He said it was bullshit. They don't know anything. They don't know anything. They haven't done their investigative, you know, you gotta investigate, do some fucking investigation, you know. Make an effort. Make a fucking effort. All right. So Stevie Ray versus Pettis. Um, <laughs> so I, I will I will show you guys how uh, he won the first time. It was a crazy submission. Sean, th- let me know if you've ever if you've ever seen this. So he made, he made him tap from the bottom. Yeah. If I could, if I could blow this up, you guys see the Facebook thing? I see his face. All right. Hold on. Yeah. 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 Crazy, we see it. Hold on. Let's see if I could. Uh, 
go back. Hold on. It was crazy. It was, hold on. Let's see. Boom. Right here. So he's on bottom, right? And and so here he is. This pet is on top. He has a leg lock. Yeah, yeah. And, it, like, and they made him tap that way. Isn't that like a, he, a, a twister? Like a Eddie Bravo's twister or something, maybe? Yeah, and it, but he did it to like 10 different people. Like, that's his yeah. like... Well, I was going to say, and he did it for like a long fucking time, too. He wasn't, that wasn't like he had just gotten in that fucking leg lock. I did see this fight, and I'll never forget. Yeah, he had him in it. He was crunching that thing, and he was trying to twist to turn around because he was just getting, you know, those little punches to the face over and over. And that was when he 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 hurt something trying to turn around. So, but the What do they officially call that, Adam? Do you know what that move was called, or do they have a... I know it's not by terror, but... Uh, <laughs> Hey, don't they have a like? Did they call it officially a certain move or something on the thing? I, I don't know, but the thing is, the problem is that now Pettis knows that that's his move, like you know. So now Pettis is going to look out for that. I don't know if he's going to get it to him, get it on it again. So they're fighting. It's like once people found out I only had Kimuras from the bottom or top, and so they just defended their arms, and I was getting my ass whipped. I know that. So uh, this other guy, Josh Silveria, who's oh, that is Conan Silveria. Who's like the main one of the main guys at American Top Team? You ever hear of him, Don? No. Uh, so Silveria. Don knows Con- he knows Conan Silveria for sure. Yeah, you know Conan. Yeah, yeah, for the old days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's his dad. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, the kid's nine and zero. Oh. Josh Silveria. His dad is Conan. Yeah, Conan. Conan's a monster. Fuck yeah, the monster. The, the kid's a monster too. The kid's nine and zero, oh, but he's fighting somebody from American Top Team, Omari Akhmedov. So Conan has to Ooh. Conan has to coach against his own team, but it's his son. So he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be in his son's corner. And I mean, the only time I've ever seen that not happen. Remember when Mayweather's dad coached against him as he was De La Hoya's coach? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got in a fight and he went and coached. That was wild. <laughs> um, so uh what a dad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's those are two big fights coming He's up. He's like, oh, you don't want my services? I bet I can find someone who does. <laughs> that, that was crazy. That was that was crazy. Uh, he's wait, he's nine and zero, but he's ranked fifth. That's surprising. Yeah, so I guess it looks like we lost the third ranked person in there somewhere. So and then on ESPN uh, this Saturday night, uh, ESPN forty, it's Tiago Santos. He's the guy with the big thing on his chest, the big uh, what, yeah, what? yeah, yeah, the hammer or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. hammer. He's fighting uh, Jamahal Hill, uh, whose nickname is Sweet Dreams. Uh, he's 10 and 1. He's knocked out everyone but different Paul Craig. He lost to the Bear Jew. Um, but so Santos versus Jamahal Hill is the main event. It should be a good fight. But Santos hasn't been good fighting that well. I feel like ever since the John Jones fight, he's like lost three out of four. Um, yeah, he looked amazing against John Jones other than his knee going out. But uh, he looked really good in that fight. It hasn't been the same since. So. Um, also, Vicente Luque versus Jeff Neal. That should be a good fight. Neal's a tough guy from Texas. Uh, he's, he's a monster. His nickname is Hands of Steel. Um, he, he beat Ponzinibbio his last fight. He lost to Neil Magny. He lost Stephen Thompson. He beat Mike Perry. beat Nico Price. beat Bilal Muhammad. Uh, he's fighting Vicente Luque. Luque is coming off a, win, a loss to Bilal Muhammad. He beat Michael Chiesa. Fucked up Tyron Woodley. Beat Randy Brown. That should be a war. Um, and then it's the ultimate fighter finale. And then Sam Alvey, who's fighting, who's lost nine in a row. I know. Jesus, <laughs> let him go. This is the strangest thing about the UFC. The way some guys, one loss, you're out, blah, blah, blah. And then other guys, they just, they just, Wait, he lost know. nine in a row in the UFC and he's still signed with them. 
He's lost to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He lost eight in a row. Um, the UFC. Eight in a row. Yeah, the yeah, UFC. yeah. And, and the- smiling Santa. I'd be oh, smiling too if they let me go 0 and 8. That'd have been great. <laughs> so crazy. Okay. It's like Guida, you know, like they're like, nah, bring him yeah, back. But Guida no. wins a lot. Guida still wins. I mean, but he, a I, lot, a lot. I don't I know. A lot. Got, I think correct. he got caught his last fight. I think he he got cut. Yeah. But then he, but then he, no, not Guida, Sam. But then he took a, a short notice fight. So he's fighting this guy named I mean, Guida. Lost a lot of hair his last fight. Michael Alex. And I'm pretty sure he didn't Guida lose his last fight. I'm pretty sure he did. Guida did, but yeah, he's fighting. Dustin, yeah. He lost the guy. Lost Jacoby so from. He's fighting a guy from Poland. I hope Sam wins. He's on TikTok every day. He adopted. He, he's got five kids. He adopted like two or three of them. His wife is, was on America's Next Top Model. They both have red hair. Uh, he's a good dude. I hate him already. <laughs> yeah. They're going to hit him with their car. Red hair. I'm, cre- I'm creeped out by him already. <laughs> I did uh, I did forget to tell you guys when I fought uh, the world's strongest man in Poland. Afterward, I said, uh, I finally have an answer to the question is how many Polacks does it take to beat Sean McCorkle in a fight? And it's apparently more than one, even if it's the strongest one. And it did uh, not go over well. That's did they speak awesome. English? Did they understand the joke or no? Yeah, the guy was a German guy. So he probably had some like inner um, bitterness toward him. Like that he probably thought it, he thought it was funny. But uh, yeah, I, I guess it didn't. I'd already been in trouble that week for saying that I hated gypsies because I thought it was a lifestyle to try to be funny. It turns out it's a race. I said I hated gypsies when I was over there. I had to apologize. It was ridiculous. So that's one of the only jokes I ever apologized for. One of the funniest was when right before the fight, they interview Sean. And then the kid is like, he's looking like he was new to interviewing. And Sean goes, this is the, this is the battle between who has the better steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and Pujanowski, I said, it's going to come down to not skill, size, athleticism. It's are his steroids better than mine? Because I know we're both running them. So let's see who got to the better program. But I knew he had a better one than me. Like oh, yeah. Was, uh... So Terrence McKinney's fighting uh, this guy named Eric Gonzalez, whose nickname is the, the Ghost Pepper. Uh, Terrence is a guy who uh, was pronounced dead like three or four times. He got tased by the cops. Uh, he was doing, he was doing some kind of acid and LSD and a house party. He was like a state champion, the guy wrestler, and just got caught up in you know the lifestyle. And uh, and then one day he decided to get a revenge body. Maybe he was going to go into a UFC gym and just start doing some MMA. I've heard the story before. Ex. Yeah, it's a familiar refrain. <laughs> and then Nate the Train is fighting. Remember Nate the Train? Yeah, where's he, he guy that, He was the guy that won, and he's like, the train is coming, choo-choo. Yeah. And, then, and then he's like... He Where goes, was I when this was going on? He goes, Dana White. You're in a caboose. <laughs> wait, wait, where was he? He said I was in a caboose. Yeah. So, so Dana, Dana, he goes, Dana White, where the fuck are you? And Dana like ran from him. Like you could tell Dana like left the building because he was like, get, where do we find this guy? Like he's like, the train's coming, choo choo. Somebody said that Nate the train reminds them of the guy that broke into uh, Anthony Smith's house. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fucking meth head. So he's fighting Nate the train. He's fighting this where guy. Is he, is he in Bellator? Where is this? No, he's fighting in the UFC. He's fighting Zubaria Tugagov. Um, and this guy is uh, that guy might be a problem too. He's 20 and five. He lost to Ricardo, Ram- he beat Ricardo Ramos, who's a badass. He lost to Hakeem, uh, the, the nightmare, Dewadu, but it was a split decision. Uh, this is a tough fight for Nate to train. Uh, it, but is that in the early prelims? I don't even see it on the prelims. 
it's, I, according to MMA Junkie. And then uh, the girl, Corey McKenna, she's this girl who looks like she's like 18 years old. She's adorable. She was going to fight her mom one day because her, her mom's a fighter too. And, and decided, no, I'm going to go to this UFC gym and get a revenge body. No, no, they were on the, <laughs> they were on the same card. Her and her mom. Oh, and her, okay. mom's, her mom's opponent fell out. So then they were going to fight each other. But then they decided it was a bad idea mm -hmm. uh, to fight yeah. her mom. Not the best yeah. Yeah, especially since it. it may have right. been a crime. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, if she loses, if she loses, she gets her mom arrested for beating her child. <laughs> like, I'm abused. Do you guys watch this documentary, The Most Hated Guy in the Internet? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. So no. crazy, dude. So crazy. I didn't even know about this site. I'm glad I didn't know about this site. So uh, jo Joe Rogan goes, uh, Brendan Schaub's happy. It wasn't about him. <laughs> Yeah, they said it wasn't it wasn't Brandon Schaub. He's like, like laughing about it. So this guy Hunter Moore, who I knew of him like back in the day, like I knew him because uh, just he was on my feet all the time. But he um he's this guy that was hacking. He was paying a guy to hack like girls like emails, and then he posted it had this website like a revenge porn website posting naked pictures of them. And then some people would like send pictures of their of their naked uh, ex or whatever on there like legitimately. Or whatever, without them knowing. I mean, horribly. The guy became like a fucking star. Like people would be like, "Hey, take my picture down." He wrote back, "LOL," and just complete asshole. He would constantly post, "I do coke," or this and that. The guy was like legitimately like living the life and going. He was probably the biggest asshole. I can't believe he never got his ass kicked. This guy, like, I can't believe a brother or a boyfriend or a dad. But this mom, this fucking mom of a of the daughter that got hacked, was not the mom to fuck with. And went to the FBI and just went and like now he, he served two years in jail. Now he's out of jail and he's still on the Internet. He's still on Twitter, this guy. But man, this guy I feel like uh, maybe he got something in jail. But they banned I mean... Trump. They banned President Trump. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he didn't he didn't say anything about COVID. That's why he's still on the Internet. Or why he's on Twitter still. He didn't question. He had a he had a court order to not be on the to be banned from social media, and he's still he's still back on. He, like, because I I looked him up, and he's still tweeting about. Like, They're like, you're banned until Sam Alvey wins a fight. He's like, that might as well be permanent. <laughs> but man, this, this dude, if you want to see a crazy documentary, watch this documentary because yeah, it's pretty bananas. It's pretty bananas. I had no idea. I I it was a, I was like, oh my god, how did I not know about this? And also, I'm so glad I didn't know about this. Uh, did you see Ric Flair's last fight? So he had his last I, I heard he had his 17th last match. I, I, I was going to say, wait, Ric Flair's wait, last wait. match 20 times. I was going to say, are we doing this day in sports history or something? No, he, had what a, he, had his, he had his fight on Saturday. He had his last Oh, my God. He's 72 years old. It was him versus a bottle of Geritol. He had to get the cap off in under five minutes. <laughs> It was uh, going to be him and Jake Paul, but Jake Paul said he wouldn't make the weight. So he yeah. He said, you had to come in at over 76 or I wasn't going to fight you. So you got to wait another three years. Did you ever work with Ric Flair, Don? No, I wish I did. I, I had the pleasure and the, you know, the, God, the privilege and the honor of working with um, Rowdy Roddy Piper three times. You know, oh, that that's was cool. Awesome. That's and, pretty cool. And Ming, I worked with Ming, you know, Tonga song. He was great. Uh, you know, and Scott Norton. Scott Norton carried me for a couple of years over there in Japan. Dude, Piper was such a badass. 
I mean, yeah. what a badass that guy. You know what my he thing was? was? I wasn't a fan of wrestling, but I was a fan of the personalities. Yeah. I loved the, the, the characters and the thing, you know, I loved that part of it. But then the wrestling, I just like, guys, this is fucking fake. Like, what are we watching here? Yeah, I just couldn't named, do it. There was a guy named Raven, right? Who would go into the wrestling ring, sit in the corner with his hands like, he was like an emo guy. And yeah. I just go, what about me? What about Raven? While his partner got the shit beaten out of him. Like, that, that was his, like, his whole, the whole time. That was like my ex-wife at my fight. <laughs> Yeah, we must have married the same fucking broad. <laughs> <laughs> well, your ex-wife didn't like your fight, Sean? No, she'd just be like, what about me when I was getting my ass kicked out there or whatever? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I dislocated my shoulder in a fight and literally fought for three rounds with it out. It was on New Year's Eve, and she was mad at me that I ruined her New Year's Eve because I had to go to the hospital and get my arm put back in, like Reese said or whatever. And uh, my cousin told me afterward, he's like, listen, I know you guys have known each other your whole life in a very long time, but she was checking your makeup while the doctor was checking your arm, like literally there, like after the fight, I collapsed because I was like passed out from being in crazy pain. And uh, he, he looked over and saw her, she was checking her makeup and like fixing her makeup, like mad that it ruined our New Year's Eve because I got hurt at the uh, fight. So I was like, okay. Yeah, and and some people, some people are just so unbelievably selfish. I, I, dated had- a, I dated a woman like that. And I like, I had to be up the next morning to go on set to shoot an episode of Law and Order, and I just wanted to go home. And she was like, but I want a party. I'm like, I need to leave. She's like, come on, why are you leaving? And then, like, I had to stand on the street and fight with her for, like, an hour. like, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I have to be on set in four hours. What the fuck is wrong with you? I need to go. Why can't we leave? Oh, it's fucking horrible. She's the worst human. My oh, ex- what a hot piece of ass, though. God damn. My ex worked at the comedy club, and right, right before I did The Tonight Show the first time, she called me up. She's like, she goes, you know how funny Dom Herrera is? He's been on this and that. I'm like, that started telling me all his credits. I just want to let you know how much more. I'm like, what, why? What? Like, and I like love Dom Herrera. He's a fucking great guy. But I'm like, she just was trying to like fuck with me to tell me how great this other. I was like, uh, yeah, dude, it's uh, women are like. That's when you bring up how bad Shab is. Be like, yeah, but look how much better I am than Shab. And she'd be like, oh, that's a solid point. Or just bring up some other waitress. Be like, have you seen the way she buzzes <laughs> tables? Oh, my God. She does it so fast. Never misses a beat. And she's hotter than you. It's wild. She, she used to get drunk. She used to get, she had an she was alcoholic. And she would get drunk while I was on stage, right? And, and like, meanwhile, while she was like, an I don't think that had anything to do with the alcohol. <laughs> so then. Make the jokes funnier. We thank, appreciate you guys. So we, we used to go. She's like, oh, I got to go home. With this she never guy. drank oh. during Domai Herrera's. Oh. <laughs> we, we were in Canada one time and we got into a fight right after the show. She's drunk and she's like, I'm walking home from Canada. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Good luck. Bye. So then she leaves the condo. I just go sit down and watch TV. Uh, ding dong, 20 minutes later, you were gonna let me freeze. <laughs> I was like, dude. Like, yeah. I yeah, you well, you've got about 15 pounds of extra fat. But you wouldn't freeze very fast. So you're safe. You've got too much alcohol in your blood for it to freeze. You're going to be fine. I'll tell the truth. She's a pig. Dude, there was one time, one time, like we were, we had already broken up. And she's like, I'm in the hospital. Somebody drugged me, right? Last night. So I go to the hospital to get her. And I'm like, did you drink last night? No, no, I didn't drink. Somebody, I smoked weed. People must have laced it, right? Okay. As she's telling me she didn't drink, the doctor walks in. He's like, this will cure the hangover. 
I was like, literally, like, like on point. I'm like, oh, really? Like, this will cure the head. It was just someone being a liar. You know, liars are something I, I just can't take. I, I don't care how fucked up you are. If you tell me the truth, then it's like, you know, that, that, that's what I knew I had a problem one time. I had to pick up this porn. Women are completely incapable of that skill. <laughs> and all, all women can't tell the truth, Don? Right. Oh. <laughs> Dude, my, dude, my wife. Thank you for coming to Don's corner. My my wife Next and I, week. my wife and I are in couples therapy now, and uh, it's hard. Like one thing, when I'm in regular therapy, I just tell every. But when you have like an audience member, you know, I don't know about you, Greg, but it's hard to not like play it up. Every more. time someone talks about couples therapy, I always think of that scene in Old School when Will Ferrell goes to couples therapy, and he's like, and "There's this waitress," and I'm just like. I wonder what kind of panties she's wearing. <laughs> yeah, cla- probably classic cotton panties, but maybe it's some wild, something exotic, something I've never even seen before. What are we not in the trust tree? Can we not? Can we not? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like that. Like this therapist is like, so how can I help you guys? I'm like, uh, I gotta make her orgasm. What do you got? Like, like, I'm like, like what do you got? Like, it's hard. To you should pull out a picture of Don Fry from. Yeah, uh, that's, that's exactly what that's happened. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you should hang it over the bed, sort of the way some people have like a crucifix. You should have Don Fry yeah, and, up there, and he would be staring at it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I already did that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I also have my funny story that I how I I ran into Dana a couple years ago, and he was telling me about like like the beginning of like the UFC, how hard it was to get the UFC, you know, like mainstream blah 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 you tell me the time he had to go to court because um on the ultimate fighter somebody jizzed and somebody's like food and the other right. guy like like ate it so he had to go to this, like a court in vegas and say that it wasn't a real jizz like in the courthouse like he had to say that it was fake how did he know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and if it wasn't real jizz then what was it like like a like a cilantro ranch or Right. <laughs> I mean, what was it then? Like, come on. Cilantro. Honor, you was... fucking Mexicans always have to bring up cilantro. It's fucking delicious, bro. <laughs> I mean, listen, when you. Why do I have a feeling that's not the first time Don Fry has said you fucking Mexicans? <laughs> I feel like that rolled off his tongue a little too easily. Exactly. When he stops with the border, he check, checks him. He's like, "Why you got this cilantro in here? God damn it, you Mexicans in your cilantro!" And they're like, "It's marijuana." Cilantro. I was telling you surprise story today. Listen, cilantro is fantastic. We fantastico, bro. I was telling a Don Fry story today how like I would talk about fights, and Don's like, "Yeah, you know, the girl was really sneaky, like the Chinese." And then I look at McCorkle, and he's like. I don't know what the Chinese have to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember last time I checked, they're not very sneaky. They gotta just, you know, they just gotta take over. So I don't know about sneaky. Oh man. Now, Don, they're kind of out in the open doing it now, aren't they? Like they're not even, uh, not even yeah, they don't have anybody to fear. Don, no uh, Don, your daughters, when they take care of you, right? Do they roll their eyes at all the Biden and Mexican and Chinese <laughs> clips or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They wonder where it comes from. That time it comes from them. <laughs> he really my is. dad. My dad used to wear a T-shirt that said insanity is heredity. 
No, sorry. Insanity is hereditary. You get it from your kids. Right. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> he Don really is like an Archie Bunker meets Al Bundy, but like a tough version, like a UFC. Like Al Bundy was tough though, but like he's like the most lovable fucking character that could. I did have a question for Don. We were talking about him having uh, what's his name Severin as an assistant coach. I know you work with Severin still, uh, Don, but I know you'll be honest. In their prime, Severin versus Erickson, who uh, was a better wrestler? Uh, Severin was Severin was a monster, fucking really? monster. Yeah, even better than Erickson. Erickson was a monster too, but I mean, but Dan, Dan had a competitive edge to where he would see dollar signs and everything. You know, uh, every victory was a dollar sign, so it would always motivate him more. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. It's crazy that Erickson threw like threw you and Mitrione around like little kids. Dude, it was oh my god! Bounced me off the wall like basketball, man. Jeez. Yes. Oh, yeah, Severin. he used to be an assistant. Did he don? Did he was he an assistant somewhere you wrestled or? Well, he said in college, Severn was the assistant coach. Yeah, but Erickson. Yeah, but I think I think oh, uh, Erickson was too, though. Yeah, Erickson was the Dan was the assistant coach at Arizona State. Tom was the assistant coach at Oklahoma State. Wow. So uh, Erickson versus uh, Erickson versus Coleman in a wrestling match. Who wins? Oh, I'd go with Tom. You know, definitely Tom, Tom. I mean, the only one, the only one I would pick over Tom would be Dan. You know, after over that, Tom was a was a fucking monster. Even over uh, Brock. Ooh, Brock. Oh, come on. You're talking 20 fucking years difference. Come on. No, but in their prime. In their prime. Yeah, if you're, you know, apples You apples. can't compare the two. That much time. Come on. What are you saying? Like, like the techniques change? The the dynamics change? Well, I don't understand why. I mean, because if we're talking about them in their prime, you know, we're trying to eliminate the 20-year gap. But, I mean, you're, are you saying things evolved too much in those 20 years? Competition. The com- competition factor is completely different, you know? Okay. Right, right. Okay. That makes sense. That's what cracks me up when people talk about, like, the NBA. Like, somebody made a comment the other day and said, yeah, because Bob Cousy was playing against plumbers and firemen or whatever. But if you watch NBA games in the 60s, 90% of those guys couldn't have played in the NBA today. Like, you can pretend like it, like guys haven't gotten better, but they're far better now. Like, it's, it's a worldwide sport. Well, yeah, now, I mean, back then, you're lucky if you play, you know, you played college and then you're in the pros. Now they have these camps and, you know, yeah. they're training these kids from the time they're knee high to be a professional basketball yeah. player. So you're right. Training-wise, development-wise, physical, 1,000% difference. Although I will say this, somebody had the funniest joke. I don't remember who it was. I forgot where I saw it. But they were like, NBA was so funny. Remember back in the beginning, it was all white guys and those short, little shorts, tight little shorts. Then black guys came in. Those shorts got longer real fast. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, the shorts were to the knees. And I'm like, yeah, he's got a point. Yeah, but Sean, weren't the, like, the guys like the, like the, the Pistons, weren't they just tougher back then? The guys it was a more physical game back then, for sure, especially during the late 80s, early 90s. Like, the game was ref differently, so they were uh, – it was more physical, definitely tougher. But um, there's guys – I mean, there's guys like Jordan that could have played in any era. It wouldn't matter. Magic Johnson, guys like that, that he could play now, he could have played then, they could have done ever. But the average guy, if you're talking about an average guy in the NBA, um, you know, in 1985 versus now, it's not even close. You know, the average well, guy now – you know, also you got to keep in mind, before the three-point shot, 
battling down low for a layup two pointer was far more valuable. Yeah. Because that was a high percentage shot. You know, whereas if you're shooting from the outside, that's still just worth two points. The three point line changed a lot of the need for toughness in the paint. And there's guys too, like like Larry Bird, for example, would be just as good today because he never used athleticism to do anything. So he was, he, you know, certain guys that like Steph Curry would be as good in 100 years as he is now because he's such an amazing shooter. And it doesn't matter how fast or athletic they are, you know, like it's uh, certain guys. A, you know what, though? Era. That's another example of where somebody wins something, you're all that, like, is he the GOAT? And it's like, oh my God. Geez, every, right. every win. Yep. He's all the Every time, time somebody else is the GOAT now, is, is Giannis the GOAT? It's like, no, they're not. Yeah. Then, Bill you know, Russell the dies. Really- then Bill Russell dies, and you realize how far behind even fucking Jordan was to catching his fucking rings, you know? Right. So it's like, it's like, come on, guys. What are we even talking about? So There are guys, right? though, the same in fighting. Like, like Don Fry could have fought in today's UFC, or he fought in the original ones. Like, there are certain guys that could compete at any time during that. And then there's guys like, let's say, Wes Sims. Nothing against him, but he fought in the UFC. He probably wouldn't fight in the UFC today. If he was still, you know, even at 25, he couldn't have made it today. So there's different, uh, you know, there are guys that transcend stuff. Don being one of them. All right, finally, there was, a, there, was a, there was a debate on on Instagram. Who won in a street fight, Daniel Cormier or Mike Tyson? Uh, Come on. Depends on the drugs. <laughs> I think Mike Tyson. If, if it's a street drugs. fight, then uh, Tyson's got the good ones. I think that Mike Tyson, because he – he bites people's ears off in a regular fight. And yeah. that's what he would do in a street fight. Like, Absolutely. And he came up as a street fighter. He wasn't a, a division one wrestler. He was a street fighter. He just fought on the streets until Customato was like, hey, come do that in this ring and stop going to jail. Uh, Don, well, it all depends on what you mean by street fighter. If you can stab people, can you hit them with a two by four? Like, is it like, what is, what is the rule of a street fight? If you're, because people say street fight and then they're like, well, the MMA fighter would win. I'm like, well, but if you're talking MMA rules, but if you also can bite people's nuts off, then, you know, I mean, certain guys are willing to do that. Like Brandon Chubb. Um, uh, where, he signed up for that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did hear Bruce Buffer after, uh, it was crazy after one of the last UFCs. I don't know if you guys heard this rumor, but uh, oh boy. these guys were uh, messing with Bruce Buffer, and Bruce Buffer was like, I'll tell you what, if you guys keep talking shit, somebody's going to be getting their dick sucked out here. And it calmed the whole situation <laughs> down. Everybody backed off like, dude, Bruce has spoken. Let's I can't wait to hear all these things that happened that no one else seems to hear. It's, it's weird. The rumor mill moves around, around my house down here. Columbus, Indiana, it's weird, the rumors I hear. So, Don, in a street fight, who wins, Tyson or uh, Daniel Cormier? I would think Tyson because he's just insane, you know. <laughs> Cormier doesn't seem that insane. Yeah, Tyson. Tyson is like he has no knows no boundaries, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. All right, well, that is our podcast, Greg. What do you have coming up next week? I will be in Las Vegas all week at the Strat at the LA Casino or the LA Comedy Club in the Strat Casino. So catch me all there. What is that? August like nine, uh, ninth, seventh. What does it look like? Uh, through the yeah, seven, uh, the eighth through the fourteenth, I will be there. And then later uh, in two weeks, I or uh, two weeks after that, 26, 20, uh, 25 through twenty eight, I will be in El Paso at the El Paso Comic Strip, headlining all them shows. So come out, say hello, let's party, man. Uh, you McCorkle. I will be trying to sell the last two dogs I have, and I might even discount them all the way down to like three grand. So, yeah, I've sold all the other ones, but I've got, uh, yeah, that's all I'm trying to do is sell these last two dogs so I can be puppy free for a now, couple what, what of if, So, if somebody wants one of these dogs, how do they reach you? 
Uh, they'd have to get on Big Sexy Bullies on uh, Instagram and just send me a direct message on there. But that also doesn't give everyone on here the uh, like an invitation to just send me messages just to talk because there's a lot of people that just like to talk on social media. And they'd be like, hey, I'm interested in one of your dogs. Also, have you seen how much shop sucks? Actually, I get sucked into those conversations all the time. Like people all the time, like, hey, have you seen how much shop sucks lately? I'm like, tell me about it. And then they start to, you know, send me videos. But uh, now, now, Sean, yeah. what if like I live in California and I wanted a dog? Did you ship them or no? Yeah, I've got a, I've actually got a uh, shipping company. It's called a Pet Nanny, I think, which makes you feel better about uh, shipping a dog cross country on a plane. But no, they actually take them in the, uh, they take them in the cab with them. They fly with the puppy. I've got one going uh, to Houston on Saturday, and then one going to uh, out by um, Skinwalker Ranch, right by there out in Utah. I've got a girl that's buying one out there, so. Uh, yeah, they pay to ship them. I don't pay to ship them. They pay to ship them, but it's uh, got two dogs on the way. So, yeah, I've sold, uh, I've sold them uh, at this point uh, nationwide, man. Eventually, hopefully worldwide if I'm going to do it. But it's got to be worth yeah, it. I mean, listen, it. you know, that's great. I'm glad you're, you know, I'm glad they're moving. I'm glad you're moving products. Yeah. It seems a little bit like. I mean, it seems like maybe. I still be waiting my, my mailbox for my dog to arrive. <laughs> Yes. I'll tell yes. you what, Don, when you're ready for a dog, let me know. I'll send you one I got right now if you want it. Oh, he loves his dogs too much. There, there'll be no competition for affection with dogs. You mean dogs. Syndrome, needs a, if Syndrome needs a partner to hang out with him, I can, uh, I'll send you one right now. Yeah, I got two males left, two male dogs. Do you, do you, are you saying he has a dog named Don Syndrome? <laughs> Something no. like that. No, that way when no, that way when he goes down, he goes down syndrome, down syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> I like I think Jeez. I like better though. Down I do too. I like that he has Don syndrome. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a uh, lot. <laughs> last last time I give you a ride for the comedy club. I fucking uh, love you, Don Fry. I love you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're the greatest of all time. Come on, everybody does. Don, what I do heard you got that from my up? ex-wife too? <laughs> Don, what do you have coming up? Oh, I got another uh, two and a half months of uh, physical therapy and injectable antibiotics before I'm on antibiotics pill form for the rest of my life, you know? So uh, it just just in the warm-up uh, stages of this nonsense. Well, we wish you all the best, Don. We really do, man. We know we want you to have relief. You and McCorkle, I mean, uh, you know. And now we got Adam on on the on the back pain team too. So uh, although I feel like it's not, no, you know, it's not as quite <laughs> on the same level. It's like, yeah, I was I was I was I was fake boxing in my room, and uh, now my, my lower back, yeah, and, and my, <laughs> my vagina farted. snapped, and uh, now I. I told yeah, Adam before he moved, the I told him before he moved to DVD number three in the Billy Blank series to, to take some time, man, but he didn't yeah. want to do it. He wanted to move right to DVD three. So. Coming he from really, the guy yeah. a heart attack after a kid you just do class. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to. Uh, it was an adult class, and at least it was against real people. <laughs> not a fucking blow, not a blow up doll like you, you fucking <laughs> puss, okay? So I thought guess who's awesome back? Is, I thought guess who's back like a champ? All right, I'm not fucking around. I didn't know he said a kid's jujitsu. I thought he said a kick during jujitsu. I was like, he had a heart attack from throwing a kick. What's he kicking in jujitsu for? No, yeah, I really would have been doing it wrong. Uh, mm. This uh, this Friday night, I'm at Sea Legs at the beach in Huntington Beach. Uh, next Saturday, I'm at Russell Peter Beach and Huntington Beach. It's called Sea Legs at the beach. Um, and then uh, I'm not at the it's a comedy, it's a bar called Sea Legs. And then, um, oh, there's Saturday, more than one beach. So, clarification, 
It's called Sea Lake. Son of a beach. And then Saturday night, <laughs> I'm at the uh, Microsoft Theater with Russell Peters. Uh, Saturday, August 12th. Uh, thank you guys so much. You guys are the best. Love you guys. Take care. Talk Bye. to you soon, guys.